This episode of Country Career Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. Pick up a copy of the new Jamie Wyatt album, Neon Cross. Available now at jamiewyatt.com. That's J-A-I-M-E-W-Y-A-T-T dot com. Ride me cowboy Till the cows come home Till the cows, till the cows come home Look deep in my eyes Put your hands on my thighs And ride, ride, ride Saddle up, cowpokes, and get ready to hit the trail with Country Queer Spotlight the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. Join your host, Rachel Coles, as she chats with her guests about their music, their background, their influences, and more. Let's ride. Ride me cowboy, till the cows come home. Till the cows, till the cows come home. Deep in my eyes, put your hands on my thighs. Howdy cowpokes, and welcome to Country Queer Spotlight. I'm your host, Rachel Colst, and this episode, I sat down and spoke with Jamie Wyatt, who recently released her second album, Neon Cross. In this interview, Jamie and I talk about her path towards coming out, the way her fashion influenced that, as well as her finding community in Nashville, where she had recently moved right before quarantine. We recorded the interview uh, right around the time the pandemic began. This podcast has been a long time in the making, so I'm sure that if things sound a little uh, quaint compared to where we all are emotionally, there is a reason for that. You might be hearing my dog, Bella, my favorite cowpoke. My favorite four-legged cowpoke <laughs> uh, walking around because she likes to hang out with me while I record podcasts. But before we get into the interview, let's listen to a song from Neon Cross. This is Rattlesnake Girl. Wood, 
built an island Sage brush and violence And you know that phone some sound But if you won't see the world from here Get in line for a souvenir I'm here with Jamie Wyatt. We had been chatting a little bit um, before I hit record, and then also Jamie Wyatt and I have spoken before because I can say it now. Uh, I wrote an article about Jamie for the summer issue of No Depression, and I'm really excited for y'all to read it. Uh, but now we're going to pretend we haven't had that conversation, so we can uh, uh, sort of do a primer course on Jamie for uh, people who don't know her as well yet, and definitely who should. So before I started hitting record, uh, Jamie and I were talking about trying to promote an album when you can't go on tour for it. Um, and that you've been getting a chance to read more, and it's kind of nice to not be on tour. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, there's more reading. Um, and, uh, like, podcasts and, like, I mean, I guess I would be doing that on the road, but I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to, like, not... I'm, you know, I'm not rehearsing with band people and I'm not like getting in a van and um, playing venues. It's like, it is just literally like, I'm online a lot talking to people about the record um, and uh, doing a lot of interviews, which normally I'd be doing, I'd be balancing or juggling even more stuff. Like I'd be on the road in the van doing an interview, getting out, doing a sound check, doing an interview, you know what I mean? So it's actually kind of like, uh, maybe a little less, um, it's just slowing down for me. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a, you know, and I think that's for a lot of people, which I, I appreciate. Um, it's not under these circumstances, like, you know, they're, they're very unfortunate circumstances, but if it's happening, it's happening. And then I can either like be really depressed about it or I can like take it and use it for the good like in my life so there's it's been a lot of reading and meditation and podcasts and um catching up with people and family and whatnot so anyways yeah i mean i think like you know there's been a lot of conversations lately about how touring and that kind of grind really impacts people's mental health or musicians mental health and maybe there can yes. be some creativity out of this that kind of can seek to find like some balance with how to promote an album without having to like, you know, tour for six months. And maybe there's a way to 
like create some a lifestyle that's like sustainable both financially and like emotionally. Yeah, it might be an interesting time to be experimental with that. Yeah, I'm hopeful for it. Um, it's yeah, it's literally one day at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to see where income is coming and um, whatnot. But uh, you know, yeah, it, it's like it's back to like the well, in like the '70s and the '80s, right? A lot of artists they just chose not to tour. They just mm-hmm. put out a record, right, and not tour. And it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. which is cool yeah like I'm doing some songwriting and and that you know um also gave me a second to like relearn all the songs on my record um <laughs> because like I I did not remember how to play a lot of those uh I mean I know I know how to like sing them and I know all the words but it was like oh yeah I did those chords yeah okay so yeah I had the chance to relearn material um like learning some weird ass covers and um just for funsies um like digging through some like uh some some old hank williams live uh albums and um i don't know like just which is i i really enjoy it i get to be like weird i get to <laughs> like have that space to be, to be weird you know yeah so yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're, like, I mean, finding a way to yeah. use the time in a way that feels good to you. Yeah, like, money sucks, but money always sucks. Yeah. When does it not suck? You know what I mean? Like, when is it not a struggle? It's always a struggle. So it's, like, it does, you know, I'm missing some human contact in my life, you know, with some of my friends. I miss some of my friends, absolutely. But uh, I'm not completely... I'm not isolated by myself, which is cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyways, um, you know, different times. 2000, like, okay, 2020 has been quite the year. because we had the tornado here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, this pandemic started blowing up, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's really one the other. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But, you know, I do think, okay, because I was tripping, right, about putting out an album, and then somebody said, you know, this is the time that people need music and like art and the opportunity to, you know, be cathartic. So I, I actually have latched to that. I identify with that. I was like, okay, you're late. Um, so now I feel like I've got a worthy cause, you know, it's scary. So, well, you know, how are we going <laughs> to recoup the record? But, but, um, shit that's not exactly why i make music so not to make money i mean sure eating's good it's necessary mm-hmm. but um it's not uh you know i don't know the universe works in mysterious ways so more will be revealed <laughs> i think that's that's something i should uh put in my vocabulary when talking about this <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, like so- figuring it out, I don't know. I just, I never figure out the mysteries of the world. I can never, like, synthesize the mysteries of the human condition simply. So I just, most of the time, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to not know. But. Yes, but it's also fun to sound really, like, wise and mysterious, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, so I guess for folks who don't know too much about you yet, um, what should we all know about Jamie Wyatt? Um, what should we know? Okay, so I'm uh, from Washington State. Um, I lived in L.A. and now I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, this is country queer. Some of you guys know I'm gay as fuck. And um, I'm really stoked about that, about being out um, now. And uh, I, you know, maybe been out for like a few years now, like three years. Um, and um, it like feels better and better um, the more to just like be able to talk about it in, um, you know, on the, on the social media and stuff. Cause actually like someone hit me up after an article that came out the other day and was like, you know, a friend was struggling with sobriety and was like, yeah, I think it's, you know, he was talking about his sexuality being, you know, something that he is ashamed of and that, you know, and that might be a component into why he couldn't stay sober. And that is exactly my story. Like I, I'm an addict and I, I really, really had a hard time and I figured it out. I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't figured it out. It's a big, big component, but dare I said it, it felt like I figured it out. I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay. So now things feel like things are working out better than they ever did before because mm. I'm like fully authentic to who I am and living my truth. You know? Yeah, it's funny how it works that way. <laughs> Dude, I was just like, yeah, I didn't really, you know, I thought it was all work, no play, no, it just like sort of how I felt was irrelevant. And mm -hmm. it's, just, it's quite the opposite. Or also even just like pouring yourself into work can sort of help you run away from yourself too. Right, yeah. Um, and then, uh, I don't mean to presume, but I'm sure that... Um, addiction component on top of that really helped you uh, not have to be with yourself for a while. Definitely correct yeah. me or push back against anything I've said around that experience. No, no, that's correct yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then, then there was a time, too, where I was like, I don't know if it's okay to be out um, mm -hmm. in country music. And actually, I was like, even, you know, I bounced it off family and friends and they were like, I don't, you know, I had family say it wasn't a good idea. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I tried that for a little while, like, you know, Tony Blues came out and I just was like, God, am I going to, am I going to do it yet? No, no, not yet. Not yet. It's like, you know, I guess I wasn't ready, mm -hmm. but also, you know, cause I was because I was taking, uh, you know, that advice, like that it wasn't a good idea. And now it's, it got to that point though, where it's just like, I don't really care. Like I like making music. I'm glad people are, it, it gets out there and people listen to it. But like, I don't really care if they leave because I'm gay, because I just got to be a person and I got to be okay with who I am on this earth or like, I'm not going to stick around. And that is like, I, I've experienced some pretty, you know, whatever, drugs and debilitating depression, um, you know, suicidal ideal ideation and whatnot. Um, and I really think it's because I just felt invisible mm -hmm. um, to myself and the world, my world, <laughs> the world and myself. 
I think uh, yeah. I think it's interesting that you talk about feeling invisible because the first time we spoke, uh, it was, you know, we were talking about uh, your the costumes you wear on stage and sort of how you yeah. and your mom developed those together, but then also like uh, how wearing or like choosing the outfits you wear on stage sort of helped you come to like that sort of light bulb moment. It really did. Yeah, I was I was in I was in Seattle with a friend of mine. Um, uh, a friend of mine who identifies as queer, and she was like, you know, she has a huge suit collection and then, uh, and vintage Western, but she had given me a, a suit to try. And it was like, I don't remember if it was that occasion or another one that she joked around calling me, like, you're kind of queer, but, uh, <laughs> or you look kind of queer, or something like that, you know, like being joking, but it was like becoming, it, it really did help turn on the light bulb for me. Uh, to be able to put on a suit, you know, it was like, oh, I feel like powerful and I feel more like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I was like a tomboy growing up and really into skateboarding. And, and I think just at some point, like, you know, after my teenage years or maybe during my teenage years, I just like, I grew up in a really small um, town with a, a lot of religion and like uh, a lot of just small town, not not super arty or hip or not a bit, obviously not a big queer community. And, and I just didn't know. I just didn't have any examples in front of me. I was just kind of like, so anyways, I just kind of like do whatever. In a weird way, it's like I was an artist and I was like original in that little compartment. But in everything else, like I really wanted to be accepted and was just kind of trying to figure shit out. Um, But, you know, it's been a journey. That's all I could say. <laughs> I mean, so uh, if I'm doing the math correctly, you came out around the time your debut album, Felony Blues, was released, and so even at that time, yeah, is yeah, that right? That, okay. Yeah. yeah, but a year um, before that. Got it. Yeah. So I definitely think there's also like I feel like there's phases to coming out, at least in my experience, or like seeing. Oh yeah. Cool. You know, other people go through it where you just want to tell like everybody whether or not <laughs> it's something <laughs> that's relevant. Um, right. so maybe it was also, like, okay that you waited, because I always feel for, like, um, public figures uh, who, like, just, like, come out to their families and then turn around and come out, like, to, like, the public at large, or, like, when we watch, you know, in queer media, people, there's, like, always a scene where, like, somebody's just going to, like, come out to their entire school all at once and, like, Right. On the one hand, like, it, that feels like it must be very cathartic, but on the other hand, like, that's a lot emotionally, especially for, like, a younger person. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it was good I took it slow, too, because I I had to make sure that I was, like, secure enough that if I faced any, like, animosity, that I'd be okay, and now I feel, like, more solid in myself and in my sobriety and emotional health that I'd you know, I'm sensitive, but like, it's not, it's just not as big as, as it probably would have been. So I did it when I was ready and I feel like I was true to that. Um, mm-hmm. and it, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I think that was good. It's, it's weird though. Cause it's like, I can say this to you and to this publication, uh, probably not to others, but that like the songs I was writing on Sony blues, like alluded to a lot of the truths I didn't understand yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some of the lyrics, like I was saying, like in Wasco, like ain't nobody gonna tell me who love. It was like I literally, like after I recorded that song, probably like maybe a year after, I was like, oh shit, I'm not bi. Like I am so gay, <laughs> and and it's like, so I was like, I don't know if that. I guess that's maybe art and and writing. It, it really is like. I like to think I'm I'm kind of smart and stuff, but really it's just like how well am I just catching uh, the muse? How well am I just like cultivating the, the muse? Or you know what I mean? Like I don't think it's all my doing. I think it's a lot of it is subconscious. All right, y'all. While we're talking about it, let's listen to Jimmy Wyatt's song Wasco from her very first album, Felony Blues. I'm going up to Wasco, Wasco, I say. Going up to Wasco, come graduation day. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna tell me who love. Ain't nobody gonna tell me who love.
This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. The new Jamie Wyatt album, Neon Cross, is available now. In our interview with Jamie, Country Queer called Neon Cross a dreamy country masterpiece, and The Advocate calls Jamie the new queer queen of outlaw country. Pick up a copy of Neon Cross at jamiewyatt.com. That's J-A-I-M-E-W-Y-A-T-T dot com. You're listening to Country Queer Spotlight with your host, Rachel Colst. Taking a quick break from the interview, just to dig into some of Jamie's influences. I asked her offline who she feels like really influenced her music. And she came back with all of this uh, 70s outlaw country. So now that you've heard some of her tunes and what she's all about, Let's dive in with Buck Owens' full-time daddy, and then Waylon Jennings' only daddy that'll walk the line, which of course is quite fitting since his son Shooter produced Neon Cross. After that, we'll get back into the interview. I'm gonna be your full-time daddy, or I won't be no daddy at all. I'm gonna be your full-time man Or I'm not gonna answer your call Well, I'm sick and tired of this song and dance From now on, I'm gonna wear the pants I'm gonna be your full-time daddy Or I won't be no daddy at all Well, I'm gonna be your number one I don't like number two Yes, the number three, well, I might be But just between me and you I'm all through a being your puppet dog All through jumping when you say frog And I'm gonna be your full-time daddy Or I won't be no daddy at all Line. 
I keep a working every day, all you wanna do is play. I'm tired of staying out all night. I'm coming unglued from your funny little moods. Now, honey, baby, that ain't right. Ever since you were a little bitty teeny girl, said I was the only man in this whole world. Now you better do some thinking, then you'll find you got the only daddy that'll walk the line. up my clothes, nearly everybody knows that you're still just a putting me on. When I start a walking, gonna hear you start a squawking, and I'm begging me to come back home. Cause ever since you were a little bitty teeny girl, you said I was the only man in this whole world. Now you better do some thinking, then you'll find you got the only daddy that'll walk the line. You got the only Daddy, that'll walk the line. You're listening to Country Queer Spotlight, the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. You can find more queer country content and merch at countryqueer.com. Now, back to the show with your host, Rachel Colst. Yeah, I wanted to ask, um, I think uh, Rattlesnake Girl on the new album, Neon Cross, is probably like the most uh, explicitly in terms of like discussing sexuality. And um, my reading of it is like, it still feels like a little ambiguous, but you can correct me on that one. My reading of the song yeah. is like, all these other people are kind of going out and, and being out, literally, and uh, doing their thing. But to me, it sounds like the narrator in that song isn't quite there yet, right? Like, it's talking about exactly. uh, secrets. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I just, I really wanted to, um, yeah, because I was trying to capture a particular emotion around seeing other people be happy, joyous, and free, and that, you know, I wasn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was like, you know, and as, I don't know if this has to do with not being super in touch with my identity, um, but that I, I've always felt like an outsider. And, um and observing other people like, you know, connected and socializing, having fun and stuff. Um, so yeah, I was definitely in that character. Like I was just capturing, and and I don't know if like, you know, I definitely feel way, way better, um, now than I, than I did when I wrote Rattlesnake Girl. But, um, it was like, yeah, it was like, 
you know, I figured it out. Like that's song, I, I was trying to convey the message. Like, like I, I found my childhood, childhood under the pine wood. Like I, I figured it out. Like it all makes sense now. But mm-hmm. um, that, yeah. But I was still kind of like, you know, on the fence. If, if I like, can I do it? Can I be like that? <laughs> Can I let people know? Oh, me? Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. remember those times too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, how how's it feeling now? Are you feeling like you you're finding community? A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I started to really find that in Los Angeles, um, and I still am connected with a lot of folks um, the queer community in LA. But um, I'm definitely working on getting more connected here in Nashville. Um, I, I definitely would like to meet more folks here um, in the queer community. I'm, I'm still really new to Nashville, but I, um, like I said, I'm, I'm in touch with a lot of people in L.A. that have been super, super helpful and supportive and rad and shared their experience, you know. But maybe there's also something nice about having, like, the scene being, like, really compact, like, compared to L.A. or New York in some ways. Yeah, that could be. It could be. I mean, there's a lot of, like, queer compounds out here, Mm -hmm. um, artist compounds um, and whatnot, and people just, like, you know, kind of living off the land and, uh, you know, some, like, gardening and farming and uh, communal living that way that I've I've heard about and, and met some folks doing that. Um, when I first moved out here. So I know it's here, and I know it's, it's growing. This city's growing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, but like it, like I said, I was, I'm so grateful to my folks, my people in L.A. who um, are so supportive and have been so supportive to me uh, through this process. Yeah, and hopefully through this article, maybe some other people will reach out and... Um, I guess yeah. a few people who would be happy to like help take you under their wing or whatever if you want that. Yeah, um, I would, I would, and that's that's why I'm that's why I'm interested in in um, queer publications and stuff. It, and it's also just like I know it's about like visibility. Like I didn't know that was a, a thing or that I would care, but like I do. Mm-hmm. It does feel feel good to be like meet other queer people and be like, oh my god, like you know what I've been through. Um, it's it's a cool thing and it does mean something to be understood Mm -hmm. um so yeah so it does yeah that's why i I literally when i was doing this album i was like well you know who what what queer publications are we are we doing because like (laughs) they're the most exciting to me i'm pretty you know i'm excited (laughs) for like spin magazine and whatnot don't get me wrong but um yeah but yeah i'm kind of you know i'm biased too i'm being more excited about the queer publications yeah, on your people. Do you feel like because you're not sort of angling towards like a major label or being like on the top 40 radio or anything, like is that just sort of like a totally different kind of lane in Nashville? Like, yeah, exactly. You know? It's, um, I mean, there's still, I still have a lot of like, you know, conservative or like, you know, um, you know, uh, like conservative or traditional type people that follow me, mm-hmm. um, that like my music. Um, so far, it hasn't been an issue, but who knows if they even notice what I'm what I'm writing in these publications? <laughs> I don't know. But um, 
it's different. It sure is. It's different in my genre and that I have more artistic control. Um, my label is really, really cool and, and uh, behind uh, a lot of my concepts and, um, you know, they're okay with me having like a, a stripper in my music video and um, <laughs> like they're, you know what I mean? So it's like, and by the way, we might get this, this video in CMT. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. It's something called like, there's some segment they run called the edge. Yes. And I was like, oh, yes. okay. Yeah. So we're like edgy. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm lucky that I, I uh, to not be in the total, total pop country world. Um, so I do get a little more freedom in that way. I, I don't know that like, God, is there anyone totally out in like, uh, commercial country? Yeah, there are definitely people who are like, hmm, I bet. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I ask other people, and they're like, yeah, I bet, too. Um, right. So, you know, like, I'm picking up on something for sure, and there's probably I mean, something there. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to say any names either, but mm -hmm. I was hooking up with a chick who was hooking up with a chick who <laughs> was totally yeah. mainstream country. Mm -hmm. Just. Not going to name any names, but that sure. was confirmed happening. Yeah, it sounds like overall your experience um, with being out has been fairly positive so far. Um, is there anything that you think specifically has helped you as an artist or even like sort of the career end of that, of uh, being out? Um, that has helped me on the career side so mm -hmm. far? Yeah, or I mean, obviously for yourself because you feel better than... Yeah, right. Um yeah. I honestly it's like I'm gonna give you some hippy dippy mystical answer. Yeah, let's that's do like it. yeah, everything's just everything's just falling into place and like just feeling easier and like if we're getting all the you know, the press really likes the album and the album came from me going through this and getting um being honest about who I was. But, you know, can I cite something specifically yet no um mm -hmm. not i mean i feel better here's what is interesting i feel better asking for what i want mm -hmm. and um like i'm very diplomatic in the way i talk to people and ask of course but like i used to be much more reserved and you know, didn't really ask for what I wanted or what I even needed. Um, and that has changed quite a bit. Um, so I think that is, that's only like, that's the only like example that I could really cite. It's just like, man, I'm just more empowered. I'm more empowered and I'm like, okay, with getting no's because I'm just going to ask. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, all I can say is that we've gotten like all, all a lot of the magazines that I really really want to premiere stuff are are like doing it, which is super cool. Um, uh, I don't know, like, and I uh, I'm seeing someone I like and like mm -hmm. like romantically and like you know, so maybe that maybe that's, maybe that's a yes, but it's like you know, <laughs> it's just some sort of mystical like university thing or like. Or maybe, like, now I'm able to manifest what I want because I'm just more honest and I'm also a little more bold. 
Mm. Yes. Snapping my fingers for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like the fears you had a couple of years ago about there being any kind of um, pushback, at least like professionally, it doesn't sound like that's happened at all so far. And probably won't. No, no, um, no, no, not really. Um, I mean, yeah, it's really, really great. Um, I mean, we'll see. It should be it, again. It should be interesting. Like down the line, if I'm anticipating that some traditional country fan is going to maybe, uh, or maybe they'll just send me like biblical verses or something, but that um, they're like, I haven't heard anything negative, like not one thing negative mm-hmm. about it. So that's a beautiful thing right there. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because I think the narrative for a really long time has been, it's been really hard to be out. There's been so much, you know, pushback, but I don't, I mean, I think there's so many ways to make a living as a musician right now that, of course, the final frontier is going to be you know, the person who's at the level where they're like touring stadiums and, you know, everyone wants to, would love to do that. But, you know, there are ways to be an artist and, you know, be, you know, comfortable financially without having to depend on the kind of traditional structures that would um, not be thrilled with having an artist who's out. Yeah, right. Right. And like I said, like me not being in pop country, I mean, for a long time, I was like really hoping I'd be writing songs for pop country artists or that I'd be a pop country artist. But I'm glad that I'm not because it it is, well, because my music to actually country and um, that I get, but then it's great because I, I get to be who I want to be and I don't get, I don't have to be controlled at every step. Mm. Do you think you have any, like, queer country anthems that are coming down the pipe? Oh, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think so. I think so. I do. I, got, <laughs> I think I got some coming. That's I awesome. some ideas. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah, is there anything else you want to add? Thanks for your time. Thanks for your patience with all the technical stuff and the time confusion no it's no problem um gosh to add no i just would love to Mm -hmm. connect with like my people that's all Mm -hmm. i want to say like i i really do um and i'm so grateful so grateful that um uh that you're doing the interview for me rachel and that um that country queer exists and that um you know things are changing and really really drastically improving people like myself yeah well hopefully the people go and buy your album so that uh <laughs> you can then go out on tour on it uh hopefully yeah by the fall yeah i know so. it right that's what i'm hoping for yes neon cross uh, definitely has my uh, stamp of approval thank you so much that's awesome. before i send you back into your day i asked jamie if she had a queer country artist shout out because I think we should share the love and just continue to support other queer country artists, no matter who and where we are. And Jamie chose Brandy Carlisle and I chose since it fit thematically with 
the songs that influenced her, The High Woman's If She Ever Leaves Me. Not the first queer country song, but I'll let you do some deep diving on country queer about that. So thanks for listening. Thanks for learning a little bit more about Jamie Wyatt. Join us over on Country Queer. And here is If She Ever Leaves Me. I see you watch her from across the room Dancing her home in your mind It takes more than whiskey to make that flower bloom By the third drink you'll find out she's mine I've loved her in secret I've loved her the sky hasn't always been blue It might last forever Or it might not work out If she ever leaves me It won't be for you She loves wild horses And tumbling dice She don't have a single tattoo She'll drink all the liquor and leave you the ice. That's too much cologne. She likes perfume. I've loved her in secret. I've loved her out loud. The sky hasn't always been blue. In my She Everybody, now that you've learned more about Jamie and heard some of her influences, I thought we'd close out with a duet from Neon Cross called Just a Woman. It features the vocal talents of Jesse Coulter. Now, Jesse Coulter, as you may know, is Waylon Jennings' wife and Shooter Jennings' mom. 
I thought this would be a fitting end to the podcast because the, all the songs Jamie chose were about daddies, including a Waylon song about being a daddy. So I thought it would be fitting that for an album produced by his son Shooter Jennings, we would make it a family affair and include just a woman. There's not a man in this world I would rather be Though I have dreamed of taking flight on feathered wings
This episode of Country Queer Spotlight has been brought to you by New West Records. Pick up a copy of the new Jamie Wyatt album, Neon Cross, available now at jamiewyatt.com. That's J-A-I-M-E-W-Y-A-T-T dot com. Well, cowpokes, we've reached the end of the trail for this episode. Thanks for listening to Country Queer Spotlight, the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. Head on over to countryqueer.com for more queer country content and merch. Rachel Colst has been your host and producer. For new music by Roots artists of all genders and orientations, listen to our weekly podcast, Adobe and Teardrops. Country Queer Spotlight is edited by Zach Tomlinson, executive produced by Country Queer's founder, Dale Geist, and our theme song, Ride Me Cowboy by Paisley Fields, is courtesy of Don Giovanni Records. Ride me cowboy.